You're listening to Tov, a podcast about the good place and Jewish ideas. Hey, it's John Spirosavet. We've done a whole season of The Good Place on the podcast. And first of all, I want to say thank you for listening to us and hopefully laughing along with us while we learn something all together. Before we hear from a couple other people to mark the occasion, I wanted to take a few minutes myself, a quarter of the way through this project I've been thinking about for a long time. We always start a Tove episode light, so here's something kind of random. I'm not the first person to notice some resemblance between The Good Place and Gilligan's Island, which was, I think, the original sitcom built around a group of very different people thrown together, the prototype for Taxi and Cheers and Friends and The Good Place. Gilligan's Island was made in the 1960s, and my sister Ellen and I used to watch it after school in reruns in the 70s. For those of you who don't know it, I'll throw a link in the show notes. The characters on Gilligan's Island included a professor and a millionaire couple, as well as a boat skipper who wasn't all that commanding, and the central character, Gilligan, who is kind of the unlikely center of everything. Gilligan, Eleanor. Both have three syllables and the same rhythm. I mean, obviously. Anyway, listen to this piece of the theme from Gilligan's Island and tell me it wasn't somehow unconsciously the inspiration for the Good Place theme music. With Gilligan, the skipper too. David Schwartz composed the Good Place theme and Sherwood Schwartz created Gilligan's Island. Wouldn't it be great if they were related? What? No, not all monsters are related. Okay, that last drop-in was from Avenue Q, but I promise for the rest of this episode, no more pop culture references outside of The Good Place. So a few things I've noticed so far in one season of this podcast. First, a scoreboard update. Of the seven of us who have been on the podcast so far, four said we are most like Chidi, and one each said Janet, Michael, and Tahani. No Eleanors and no Jasons yet. And as for who we wish we could be more like, there was a tie at the top, two each for Eleanor and Michael, and then one Janet, one Michael, and one Jason. So now you can settle up any bets you made at the start of season one. We'll keep asking these questions to first-time co-hosts, and each of us who come back will get a chance in season two to update our answers, so you can start making your season two predictions now. Another thing is, I have come to really appreciate Jason Mendoza. I think in my last watch of the series, he really started to grow on me late in season two, and especially in season three. But already in chapter four of this first season, I was captivated by some of Jason's words and the clarity and idealism the writers give him that none of the other characters have, wrapped, of course, in his being such a goofball. At the very start of the podcast, I said our intention was like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, two great tastes that could taste great together, the good place in Jewish ethical philosophy. Or maybe they wouldn't always taste great together to you, and that would be fine too. For me, some of my favorite moments have been when we talked about some Jewish story or idea that I thought was really familiar to me, and the characters of The Good Place or the story of an episode made me see that Jewish thing in a new and deeper light or a more interesting way. Great conversation partners like my co-hosts bring that out in the tradition and in myself. 
Also, Reese's peanut butter cups shouldn't be your whole meal. And I hope it's been clear that we never think we're saying everything there is to say about any idea we bring up in Judaism or philosophy. We're here to give those things a sweet taste and maybe help you build your ethical vocabulary or your Jewish vocabulary or pique your interest in diving deeper. We're modeling what great Torah conversation is, where the other person lets you think out loud and you don't have to say things perfectly or arrive at a final conclusion for the talk to have been worthwhile. So thanks, Dan and Rebecca and Sari and Audrey and Ben and Myra for being that kind of chavruta or study partner for me. That's good for now from me. I've talked about wanting to get some youth voices into the mix. So here's our first one. Hi, I'm Lila Spira-Savet, the daughter of the host of this podcast. I'm a first year at Barnard College right now and a huge fan of The Good Place. Hey, Lila. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to ask you the same questions I ask everybody then the first time they are on here, which is if you had to say which of the main six characters of The Good Place you're most like, who do you think that is? Of the main six, I would say right now I'm feeling a bit like GD. Um, as a college student, I tend to want to plan out everything and analyze the repercussions of everything. But I think I could stand uh, to be more like Jason, as probably all of us could, because I don't think he's ever planned anything in his life. <laughs> Wow, this is so interesting that you said that because I, you know, I am your father. I might, I tried to guess at what you would say. So, <laughs> what you say? Listeners can hear that actual, this is an actual envelope where I wrote, <laughs> in case I guessed right, I didn't want you to say, oh, you're just making that up. So, yeah, I thought maybe that you would say that you're like a Janet because, you know, you're, you're super well informed and helpful and, uh, and uh, kind to, to, walking yeah. encyclopedia. Yes, walking and I thought that you, I thought you were going to say that you wanted to be more like Chidi, but I'm, oh, I'm happy that you, yeah. So wanting to be more Jason. Yeah, he just he's the opposite of Chidi in some ways. I think they both have um, very good morals and ethics, whether they know it or not. But he's he lives in the moment in in a way that I don't think any of the other characters do, except maybe Eleanor. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what I like about him. I, he has really grown on me in this rewatch because I feel like he sometimes says the most pure, profound things about, yeah. you know, and kind of seeing people as they are and seeing even himself as, as he, well, he doesn't really understand himself, but, but if he did, he, he yeah, I think right that's, he's such, he's such a good person to be paired with Chidi because while Chidi is always analyzing the ethics to such a big extent, Jason just, he just knows things because he has a good heart. This is making me think all kinds of things about, about Moshe, who is humble and uh, becomes sort of the teacher of the, the Jewish mm -hmm. people in the Torah. And in some ways he has the, the bearing of a, of a uh, Jason. And in other ways he has the like frustration of a Chidi of not getting mm -hmm. through. Maybe we'll talk about this seriously in one of the episodes coming up. Now, the way I remember it in terms of your watching The Good Place origin story is that you were kind of the first member of our household to be super committed that, I mean, I started watching it and then I stopped and then you picked it up and then mom and then I kind of jumped in. Is that, do you remember how you got yeah. started? Well, I think I was going on a flight and I was looking for shows to download on Netflix and you recommended The Good Place. And um, yeah, I got obsessed with it from there. 
Do you remember how old you were when you watched it through? Um, oh, probably like, I don't know, freshman or sophomore in high school. Hmm. So a few years ago already, four or five. Yeah. 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 Now, when you became bat mitzvah, one of the things that our synagogue gives as a gift, it was actually a book I chose a number of years ago, is Rabbi Telushkin's Book of Jewish Values. And you read that a lot. I think you've read that more than once also. Yes. Yeah, I tend to watch and read things more than once. <laughs> um, what is it that you uh, that kind of engaged you about that book? I think because it's a very applicable way to get involved with uh, Judaism, because I think I've, you know, I've always gone to services and stuff, but because I don't speak Hebrew, um, it's easier to engage with it in, in other ways. So what is it about The Good Place? I know that you, you I think you just did a rewatch. You've probably watched it more than I have, even maybe through, is there something that kind of keeps you into it? Yeah, it's, it's really entertaining, but like it, it goes beyond that. Like, I think most people can relate to all the characters and there's just lots of twists and turns and new things to find with each rewatch. Like, like for example, the Michael character, uh, I guess, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it through, even though at the end of season one, he turns out to be a bad guy. He's, he's very multifaceted. You know, he, he finds beauty in, just the most ordinary human things like paper clips and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's it's the characters that keep me engaged as well as the laughs. So I'm I am curious if there's something that strikes you thinking about the putting together things about the good place and Jewish values that maybe you've had from from other places or has has watching the show gotten you to think about anything Jewish particularly in a different way. A big thing in Judaism is Sadaka. And I think Chidi really embodies this because uh, I'm pulling this off of something I read on the internet, just a definition. The point of Sadaka is justice, not charity. And it's charity is given out of the kindness of our hearts, but Sadaka is mandatory. And so we're supposed to do it whether we like it or not. And especially in season one, Chidi really does that. Um, I mean, he probably doesn't necessarily want to help Eleanor when he's in paradise, but he does because he feels like it's his duty. I feel like that's a good parallel to Judaism. You want to say something about the the thing you sent me today? Oh, yeah. Well, so this is more in later seasons, but um, another thing in Judaism is not to place a stumbling block, aka be inclusive and be aware that people I'll go through different things. And so you can't judge them all the same way. And Jason has this great speech that it seems like it's just going to go totally down the wrong road, but he actually says some very wise things about um, his friend, Big Noodle, who <laughs> to take <laughs> care of um, like four grandparents who all slept in the same bed, like Willy Wonka. But then he ends with, um, but I couldn't yell at him for, I never yelled at him again for being late to rehearsal because um, now he knew what he had been through. And just like the judge can't judge humans all the same because she doesn't know everything that humans go through. I love that connection. I wouldn't have made that. I was just teaching uh, a couple of weeks ago about the idea of a stumbling block before the blind. And I didn't really think to put it in terms of that 
application that different people have different stumbling or different, so to speak, blindnesses or blind spots or, or things that they could, different people have different things they could stumble over and, and that that's what that teaching is. See, this is why it's good for me. I learned new dimensions of things I, I had learned before by relating it to, to something that happens on the show. Mm-hmm. Any favorite kind of episodes or lines? I love, yeah, I love anything with Maya Rudolph's character, the judge. She has just so many great lines. There was one I was I was reading the other day. She she said she's she has such a boring name, Jen, because she was named after the only thing that was in existence when she was born, hydrogen. So, <laughs> <that's> so funny. <laughs> Is there any episode, maybe particularly in season one, that you feel best embodies a Jewish value or idea? Wow. I don't know if there's an episode that especially embodies bodies but I think I found it really interesting to talk in the course of the the season of the podcast so far about motivation so uh, chapter 11 is all about that it's called what's my motivation and I think the question of how to kind of how we measure ourselves against an an absolute scale or against a, a relative scale that's just ourselves which is very much kind of what what four and five are about but I think it kind of loops back in some of the later episodes of the season two. We talked about it also even on number 12 about Mindy St. Clair. That kind of keeps coming back. So I more, it's more that I don't think a single episode, but I think like there's certain themes that kind of wind back and forth. And I'm and one of the things I'm sort of looking forward to in the future episodes is as kind of circling back to, to sort of do a, another run on some on some theme that got introduced in season one, it's going to sort of deepen in, in a different way the next time. Yeah. I like what you were saying about the idea of being measured against this perfect scale or what one ought to do to be good or get into the good place. Um, it's such a loaded question. And we talked about that in philosophy last semester. If you say someone ought to do something or, um, you ought not to do something, you ought not to murder or, you know, other things that we just intrinsically know are good or bad. What does that even mean? And I don't think we ever came up with a definitive answer because uh, it's just so hard to prove, I guess, as is the nature of philosophy. Well, thanks for hopping on with me and sharing some reflections. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> Hope we'll do it again sometime. And Talk to you soon, Leela. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thank you, Leela Spirosavet. And now a few end-of-the-year reflections from multiple-time co-host Dan Ross. Hi, this is Dan Ross, and I'm really excited to reflect on this first season of Tove and our wonderful conversations about the good place and Jewish ideas. And thank you so much to John for putting together this amazing, amazing project. And so one thing that I wanted to share uh, is that over the course of our review of this first season together, um, I have really grown to appreciate in a way that I didn't before, uh, after listening to my fellow uh, podcast co-hosts with, uh, with John, um, Jason as a character. Um, you know, I first really thought of Jason as a character who was there to provide comic relief, and now I have really grown to understand how his sweetness and in earnestness are instrumental towards the team. Uh, uh, I'm putting team in air quotes that you can't see coming together. 
And it really makes me think about this midrash on the book of Leviticus about the four species of Sukkot. So um, when we talk about the four species of Sukkot, we're talking about the etrog, the lulav, the myrtle, and the willow. And uh, what the rabbis say is that the etrog has taste and smell, uh, which represents uh, Jewish people who have both Torah and good deeds. The palm frond uh, of the date palm, uh, when they think about a date, it has taste but no smell, which represents Jews who have Torah but no good deeds. The myrtle has smell and no taste, which represents Jews who have good deeds but no Torah. And the willow has neither taste nor smell, and so it represents Jews that have neither good deeds nor Torah. So what the rabbis observe in this midrash is that God commands that these four species be brought together to enjoy, to celebrate the holiday of Sukkot. And in doing so, each of those species coming together, each atones for the other, which makes me think about the uh, final episode of the season when we realize Michael's scheme, the big plot twist, to bring together four people who are supposedly uniquely suited to literally bring each other hell. And it fails because they come together as a team, able to do teshuva, to repent, to turn around their lives in death together. And what this teaches me as I think about our final reflections on this first season is that we can't do it alone in this world, in this life, and in this afterlife. And when we come together, that is what transforms the bad place into the good place. Thanks, Dan. Wow, Jason Mendoza had a big game on the podcast today. Our first season of Tove is in the books, and I can say that this project has done a lot for me already. It's given me the excuse to laugh more than I would have during the heavy time when we've been recording, and I feel a bit wiser about my own teshuva, thanks to the Tove team and Mike Schur's Good Place team of writers and performers and production people. Once again, I'm John Spirisavet. I'm online at rabbijs3 or rabbijohn.net. And thank you all listeners for welcoming all of us into your home or your car or your workout or your doing the dishes. If you've stuck with us through this season ending episode, hopefully that means you like the podcast enough to help spread the word. Give us a good review on your app or share about Tove on your own social media or old school, call someone on the phone and tell them how to find an episode. We hope you'll stick with us for season two, which will start within the week. And to paraphrase what Mark Evan Jackson, who plays Sean, says at the end of the official Good Place podcast, now go learn more about something good. Bum, 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 bum.